What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Epic Loot Radio. We are without the Prime One himself today, but we're going to try to get on as we can in his stead. Thank you all of us for joining us today. I am Kirk from What's New Video Games and a somewhat affiliate of work to game and I'm joined here today by Mark from Joyful's Arcade. Mark, how are you doing today? Uh, did you have a good weekend, and are you excited for the upcoming week? A lot of questions there. I'll try to get it quickly. Uh, I'm doing great today, especially after that intro song. I'm about to just replay it. And Dude, like, it's, it's a it's a bop, right? Oh it's absolutely gosh. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of one of uh, Brian's friends. Uh, I wish I knew who it was so I could shout them out, but they they made that, and that is a sick intro for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna replay that as I just go on the treadmill later today on loop for 30 seconds and just hit it hard. Um, weekend uh, weekend was good. Besides my favorite pittsburgh steelers football team sucking completely so I'm, I'm still suffering from that experience but overall all was well i'm i'm glad to be here i know you messaged me like at uh like nine in the morning like hey can you do this i was like sure let's go so awesome yeah kids kid uh it seems like we might be having some type of issues so if if, it, if somebody in the chat could tell us that uh that this is actually all working and up up and running uh that would be great but yeah, I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm mm. I'm right there with you. Yeah, not a not a great weekend, and a uh, a South Carolina fan, which I don't expect people to know that that Tennessee steamrolled us, but yeah, they did. But we've got some great news to get into today. Thank you, Son Sonia Blue, for letting us know that we are all good. We got some great news to get into today, and some not very great news, unfortunately. But that is the way that 2023 seems to be going. Um, so in general, it, it has been a great year for games and it's been a great year for all kinds of content. We've had obviously Baldur's Gate three Starfield, uh, Diablo four, which was a little more popular back in the middle of the summer, final fantasy 16, and a whole bevy of free content available to people who may not want to drop, you know, their 60 or $70. And we have got some, some new content coming this very week to tie people over until just the big boom of game releases in October, uh, including there's a new Marvel snap season. I know Mark, you're a snapper, but there's a new Marvel snap season that starts tonight. I'm excited. It's like Halloween themed. Uh, the, the card is going to be the season pass card is going to be Elsa bloodstone. And yeah, they're getting into the spooky and the creepy. I think, I think they've got like a Wesley Snipes looking blade mm. card that's mm. coming out. Are you going to jump into the Marvel Snap season uh, that starts uh, this week? Yes. So Marvel Snap, I know you know I have a close friend that plays it a ton, probably as yep. much as you. I play it when I'm just like looking for time to kill, right? And it's the perfect game for that. So I will definitely play it. I play it every month. And Blade, Wesley Snipes Blade, I mean, that's that's my one of my favorite movies out there. So yeah, I'll definitely try, try it out. 
yeah, it's a good time. Um, and then also we've got we got two new free to play games that came out uh, just last week. Disney Speedstorm, which is, that was kind of a, a a quiet launch, mostly because I think that game had a had a paid early access period. That game is actually quite fun. It's like a, a Mario Kart with the Disney IP. And the, the racing elements of that are actually really good. It sort of reminds me a little bit of the early like Criterion Need for Speed games. The only problem is that it's it's very freemium feeling. Uh, it very much feels like, you know, it's going to be one of these time sinks where they want you to like j- jump on daily uh, and like rack up certain currencies and things like that. So it's a great core gameplay uh, sort of framework there. But uh, I, I don't know about you, Mark, but those type of games that seem to be designed entirely around these sort of freemium mechanics, they're, they're a little bit off-putting. So I hope they kind of sort that out. Yeah, I mean, if there's one company that can compete with Mario Kart, it's a company like Disney that has right. an IP, right? Yeah. But to your point, those types of business models of free-to-play correlate to the game design, which is we need to keep them engaged, we need to keep them retained, and... That's something that I can do for a week personally, and then I'm off to something else. And I, you know, I'm all for new games giving competition. Um, you know, Disney had that racing game split second back in the day. That was pretty good. So I'm not surprised to hear that there's another cool, cool kind of good racing game coming out. But it's it's probably not something I'm going to put a lot of time into. Yeah, well, I already have put a lot of time into it. So <laughs> woe is me. Because, uh, yeah, um, yeah, my experience was very different having I just was like, I think this game is cool. And I'm going to spend the $70 on it that I would if it uh, wasn't going to be free later. I bought it in like March, played it. My experience with it because I paid that money was basically like any normal game. But now my friends are jumping in now that it's free and trying to play with me and they're kind of telling me, Oh, it says I have to do this. It says I don't have enough of this currency. And I'm like, God, that really, that sucks. Like I didn't really have to deal with that. So it's like, I would wholeheartedly recommend it as somebody who like had a really good time with it, but it's like, I can't because like, well, you could just go play Mario Kart and not have to get bogged down by all that, you know, that paywall stuff, not paywall stuff um, to get into it. My Hero Ultra Rumble released last week. My Hero, not a well-known IP, not as much as Disney anyway, but for any of my anime fans out there, uh, they're probably going to be very hyped for this one. This is sort of like the Rumbleverse thing, and so we're, we're going to get into that later, Mark, with the whole live service thing, and, and are there too many live service games for it to be sustainable? But I am a little bit concerned about this one because this is, uh, this is really cool. There's a lot of reverence and love shown for the IP here, but they're just doing the same sort of Fortnite song and dance that a lot of games have done. Uh, some really good signs from this developer team. Some people complained about that the progression was like way too grindy and they felt like, you know, that it was basically incentivizing them to spend money. Developers li- literally within 48 hours of the launch got in there. And they said, hey, guess what? Uh, in-game progression rewards for completing a match, they're now double. We don't want to make people feel like you got to spend money to progress. That's awesome. I love to yeah. see that. So sort of the, the the contrast of what I felt with the Disney racing game, like that's really cool to see that 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 game is going to get some more time investment from me because it's like, OK, these developers are, are genuine about trying to provide a good gaming experience, not necessarily suck all my money out. I think that's what we want to see out of these type of free to play games, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's making good use of your time because not every player is in the same situation. There might be those kids in high school or junior high that can put, you know, a ton of hours into it, which is great. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> little Mikey in his playroom, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think about me and you were working, you know, you think about someone like Brian, he's got, you know, a big family to take care of, too. Yeah. We want to be able to enjoy the game without being locked out from it. So, you know, I will say Bandai Namco, they one of, they're one of those developers that impresses me Over the last mm -hmm. few years just in terms of how they support their games too. I mean, they could have a game that maybe isn't so great. So keeping with anime, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. Nice. And Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, I, I couldn't really enjoy it a ton, but they keep putting DLC out for that game. They just released DLC mm. this year, and that came out in 2019. So I'm not surprised to hear that Bandai Namco as a developer is is doing right by their, their gamers. Um And... As for other free content drops, we I know so I sort of I guess in a in a miniature boycott, I didn't get involved with Overwatch 2 this past season, but I am a big Overwatch fan. I didn't get involved this past season because there was all that drama about them sort of cutting their single player um, you know, PvE type of almost destiny kind of like campaign, uh, probably more closer to like a Borderlands type of game. They cut that, they cut all the skill trees, all of the PvE story content in favor of just releasing this small little uh, carve out of that. And then not only that, but they charged people $15 for it on top of the battle pass. And a lot of people were upset about that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a break. But the new season's coming out uh, on October 10th. Got some competition on that day with a uh, wildcard football and the big juggernaut being Forza Motorsport. But I might hop in and check that out. They had the Wrath of the Bride sort of Halloween themed event last year. That was very cool for anybody that, that didn't get to check that out last year. That was a fun time. But uh, yeah, what, what is your what is your sort of take on the, the Overwatch and generally the Blizzard Pulse, I guess, right now, including Diablo 4 with their sort of live content models? Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to obviously spend some time talking about that business model during this episode, but I loved Overwatch 1 when it was out. I played it a ton back in 2017 and 2018. Talking about the Halloween PvE kind of modes, uh, there was like, um, there's they did a lot back then too, which I appreciated. Overwatch 2, I, you know, I watched from afar. Uh, I had some friends that were the implosion. <laughs> yeah, it just it just seemed like, again, the whole pitch for Overwatch 2 was that big story driven aspect to it. And now that that's not coming, it still seems like this is just Overwatch and which isn't a bad thing at all. It, it, but it, it it just it seems like it caused some confusion. So um, I haven't played it either because I heard there was some CPU optimization issues when it first launched mm. and there were a lot of other things on my end. But if you jump into it, let me know because I'd, I'd love to check it out. Like I said, I had a lot of fun with that game when it first came out. And in terms of hero team-based shooters, that's really the only right. one I've ever enjoyed. Um, Diablo 4, I mean, maybe we could get into which it has now. A, which has a new season coming on the on the 17th, by the way. Well, I guess we'll we'll save Diablo for, for that yeah. conversation because that's not yeah. really a current content drop. And 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 you pointed out uh, Sonic just yes. had Sonic Frontiers just had a free content drop. Apparently, this is the third of three free content drops with the first one being sort of a challenge mode and the second one adding a new new game plus mode and some open zone activities. This one sounds like it's sort of like a hardcore mode, um, but that's a lot of content, free content for Sonic Frontiers, which is basically like a $30 Sonic game on next-gen consoles right now. That that might be It might be time for me to jump into Sonic Frontiers. 
Yeah, I, I would check it out. I mean, I love Sonic the Hedgehog, but I'll be the first to tell you that I've typically been disappointed by his 3D games. Sonic Adventure okay. 1 and 2 aside. Nah, man, Sonic Heroes is where it's at. Come on. Sonic, it's Heroes, Sonic Adventure. Sonic Heroes was good. That was like yeah. the last one I really enjoyed. I had that for the OG Xbox. But yeah, Sonic Frontiers really impressed me when it first came out. I know there were some issues you brought up with pop-ins. I didn't really notice it, but I could have been playing on a patch. But I've had a lot of fans, a lot of friends who are big fans of the series that have loved the continuous drip of content, considering it's free. And all as I've heard so far from my one friend who's been playing it is that he calls it Sonic Souls because it's kind of got an only up mode to it, along okay. with some more intense combat aspects. That sounds kind of fun, actually. It, it does, because like only up interested me, but I'm like, yeah. eh, not enough for me to download it. But the idea of playing the same type of game with an IP I have a closeness to, maybe I'd try it then. But people seem to be frustrated by it, which I It depends I get. on like how it plays. Like, because only yeah. up gotta go fast is a great concept. But yeah. it's if it's very frustrating and kind of cheats you, that that that's not gonna be very fun. I agree, but there's also this part of me that enjoys seeing like schadenfreude and other gamers as they like stream it and they get angry <laughs> and upset so i was just going through the article nice. and looking at the highlights and i was like oh that's kind of funny but again um it's just cool to see sega continue to support that game historically i don't feel like they do that as well with sonic 3d games i don't think they did that with sonic forces which again i'm not even going to touch that game so yeah um, and lastly, I think uh, one that's near and dear to me is Hunt Showdown is having uh, one of its big yearly events, the Tide of Corruption coming up. Hunt Showdown is just a great game uh, The buy in for. Unfortunately, I wish it was on like PS Plus or Game Pass, but they got to sell copies because they got to make money somehow because it's not one of those games that really makes you feel like you got to pay for anything. There's no pay to win elements. I really like Hunt Showdown. It's, it's, it's a harder game. It's a little more in the vein of like uh, Call of Duty, like DMZ or Escape from Tarkov or whatever. It's one of those extraction shooters, but it's very good. It's There's a lot of atmosphere. There's a lot of lore built around it, and it's very rewarding to sort of get into. And they're they're having an event where they're going to have a battle pass. They usually don't have a battle pass. It's just not one, one of those type of design games. But I, Hunt is a game where it just it it's so unique in terms of the the world design and the weapon design uh, you're you for people who don't know you're kind of using all like civil war and like post civil war era type of weapons that have like you know bolt action rifles and and revolvers and things like that almost has sort of like a red dead redemption feel to it uh it's a very fun game i'd recommend people checking it out uh with this event because there's always there's always a lot going on when they have an event and there's it, it can really hook you in in a good way and it never feels like you have to spend money which is which is so nice in fact with the battle pass something i noticed with the last event is i got all the rewards without even buying the battle pass as far as like mm. gun unlocks and stuff the only thing that i missed out on the premium track was like cosmetic stuff so they they're they do a very good job of sort of respecting their players um, which is why that game has like a really hardcore uh, base than people that aren't going to quit it anytime soon. So if you haven't checked out Hunt Showdown, uh, check that out because it's it's very cool and it's it's very unique. It's a, it's a good experience. I think everybody should have and free content. That's always great. But yeah. I wanted to start off the show with some sort of positive sort of uh, stuff for people to jump into, because unfortunately, the, the news in the industry, uh, you know, like I said, We've had the best year in gaming in 2023. In a lot of ways, we've had the worst year in gaming because we've got more layoffs. Uh, layoffs strike again. 
UK-based indie publisher Team 17 is the latest game company to be hit by a round of layoffs uh, per GameIndustries.biz. Sources told Eurogamer that the company has announced a restructure that is likely to result in job losses with around 50 roles said to be at risk. Most of these roles are believed to be the publisher's quality assurance department as it chooses to outsource this to external providers. However, they also say that CEO Michael Pattison is expected to leave. He originally joined Team 17 in October 2021. This series of layoffs comes after uh, both Creative Assembly from Sega and uh, Epic just announced layoffs last week with Creative Assembly obviously saying that they were going to cut some redundancy, which may result in job losses uh, centered around them canceling their uh, extraction shooter, planned extraction shooter, which was going to release this year. Uh, named Hyenas, and they cited a decline in stay-at-home demand and an economic downturn due to inflation. And then, of course, there was that sort of infamous letter that came out from Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, who emailed his staff, for a while now we've been spending way more money than we earn, investing in the next evolution of Epic. I have long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs, but in retrospect, I see that this was unrealistic. So a lot of unfortunate news for a lot of people in the industry as of late. Um, do you have any general thoughts about this? And we can sort of kind of get into uh, why this is happening and and whether it's acceptable or not, I guess, for these these companies to sort of bet big on, um, you know, sort of uh, str uh, strategies that maybe are a little more fringe or a little more risky. Mm -hmm. And then when they don't necessarily pay off, you know, it's the people's li who, whose livelihoods are on the line that have to sort of pay the price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit it right there. I, to me, I think, I think specifically Western companies tend to prioritize that public stock aspect a little bit more to the detriment of people's livelihoods, right? And so, I never get happy when I see people lose their jobs. It's just, it just makes me sad. But I, I do think what you heard there, you know, is a lot of, you know, not just specific to the video game industry, but the economy in general people hired up big time during the pandemic because there was a lot more demand for a lot of type of consumer products, specifically gaming. And they continued with that, you know, you hint that at that more risky fringe approach where let's continue to invest in growth modes. This is the future because the market inflated a bit. I mean, Animal Crossing was huge for Nintendo yeah. because people that typically wouldn't be playing a game were looking for something to do. And that was the perfect cozy game. People for had so scenario. much more time on their hands as well. Yes. Yeah. And and now you've been seeing year after year, month after month, as we get further from that, you know, a slight kind of adjustment to the hardware market, to the game and software market as well. And so this is a partial reaction to that. But again, I've seen other companies manage it where they go, hey, we're, we're getting a lot more revenue right now. So maybe we, we, we look at what could be causing that over the next four years or so and plan conservatively a bit more. So whenever the thing does turn the other way, we don't have to do layoffs and um it's it's a hard formula to answer because i do think there's a lot of fiduciary legal obligations that uh sure. co companies have to make their board happy and if you're not making your board happy as well then they, they you know they'll make an adjustment so well, it's, so, do it's, you, so do you think this type of like exponential growth that they're targeting i mean is that is that really sustainable or is that something that they should have as an objective or should it just be like for a company like epic uh, which, you know, by all accounts from public perception, like basically makes more money than God. 
off of Fortnite transactions, you know, should they just say, hey, we got a good thing going here. Let's, you know, keep reining it in. Or do they really need to transition into sort of this aggressive expansion and, you know, have people pay the price because they've got to they've got to cut, you know, some salaries to meet their their margins. Is that is that acceptable in the industry? And, and, and you know, should we sort of push back against that? Or, or is that just all part of, you know, the growth of the industry and it's just going to make better, better products in the long run? Yeah, I'm, I'm of two minds of it, I guess. One, I, I tend to not agree with this exponential growth mindset because I don't think it's realistic, right? I think if you study history, if you study economics, you just kind of realize that eventually there's going to be a bubble that kind of gets poked and things happen. At the other end, to your point about making better games, I do think competition's good for that. And I just, I just, I just wonder sometimes though, if, 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 cause this seems to be a larger conversation than games, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a conversation about how capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, I, I, th I think the free market's great, but I also am personally someone that's like, Hey, there should be some type of rules in place to protect some people and stuff like that. And I, th I think we're, we're dealing with aspects of that when it comes to this conversation about games and, Again, even if there was someone inside Epic who was like, "Hey, let's let's keep let's keep investing in our employee base and let's keep moving the game forward," there's still that opportunity for someone since it is a public company to then say, "Hey, I'm going to actually buy out some stock here and I want to see it go this way." And um yeah, I, I can't answer it. I just know that personally I do think there's a connection to what we're seeing as well with the uh, type of games they're making in terms of right. the surface and free to play right. and that, that almost um, that dream they have of like, this could be our, our you know, our, this could be goose. the next destiny. This could be the next Fortnite. Yeah. And uh, very, very few of them are actually that. And then it's, you know, these, these people that work in the studios that unfortunately get cut when that doesn't work out. Um, we'll have to see if, if in the wake of the Jim Ryan departure, Sony sort of sticks with their their game plan of, of releasing all these live service games. They've come out in the in the public and said, hey, we, we know that some of these are going to fail, but it's sort of like a, a casting a wide net sort of thing. We're hoping that one or two of these, you know, hits big, especially like with Marathon, you know, they're sort of betting big on on Bungie and hoping that Bungie can sort of propel them to that to that level with the Destinies and the Fortnites, because, of course, Bungie's already done it. Uh, but we'll have to see, you know, if they they stay committed to that, uh, or or and and what the fallout of that is, if if, if there's going to be more of this to come. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope we're not yeah. going to see more of this um, in terms of you know people losing their jobs. That's that's never good to see. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I you know this is something I've been thinking about with Bungie because you know obviously in terms of company out there that knows how to make a solid games as a service experience, it's them, right? Yeah, they, they've done it. And so the fact that Sony has them consulting internally on their projects and they've even said supposedly with The Last of Us, like, hey, yeah. this isn't it yet. That's that's good. Put it, put it back. Put it back yeah. in the oven. Yeah. yeah. But there's also a part of me that wonders, is Sony going to be a little too late to the party to I think capitalize? So. I would I think, think so, so, too. Um, but I also think as long as they continue what they're great at, which is, you know, stellar first party games, then... I also think it's a risk they can take. Well, and so that's the thing. Um, are they going to continue with that? Because in the last state of play, they pretty much focused entirely around these sort of um, live service announcements in Fair Games, in Concord, in Ark Raiders, uh, mm -hmm. Helldivers 2. Yeah. Uh, you know, you did not see a Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, really, Spider-Man almost seems 
and, and hopefully it's not, but it almost seems like the swan song for the sort of uh, first party era from PlayStation where you did prominently see featured, you know, the last of us IP God of war as an IP, um, these sort of uh, epic narrative storytelling type of experience games uh, other than sort of the Wolverine game that's going to be coming yeah. from Insomniac at some, you know, eventual point. Yeah. We don't really know what's on the horizon, pun horizon, uh, for PlayStation in, you know, the next several years. And I can't imagine that that's just coincidental or a product of circumstance that we don't know. I think if they had something to tell us, they probably would. So unfortunately, they might be trying to cash in on this and they might be a little bit too late because we can get into it. Do you think that the live service bubble is bursting and that we're about to see, you know, sort of a taper off of people engaging with this type of genre? And we're going to see a lot of games failing and, and unfortunately more fall in the industry as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, I think you we, we obviously talked a little bit about this this morning, but I think you were right when you said that these types of games are all about retention. And so just by natural default of that, if they're all vying for your attention yeah. on a weekly or daily basis, eventually there's going to be opportunity that gets sucked up by the big. I only winners. have 24 hours in a yeah. day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if even if I had, you know, my full time job was to just play games, I still don't think I could keep up with everything just because I have to eat. I have to, you know, hygiene matters, all of that. So I think. It's kind of a both and. I think we are seeing a adjustment of this market. Think about the games we've lost. Knockout City years ago, huge game, gone. Yeah. Rumbleverse. Rumbleverse, gone. Yeah. Multiverses. You and I are both of the mind that we don't think that's going to come back. And that's yeah. records on Steam, right? One fighting game of the year at Keeley's yeah. Game Awards. One fighting game of the year and then promptly shut down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, and again, because it had a window of people engaging with it and it did really well during that window, but it didn't have this sort of long-term engagement. And that's what these games sort of are designed to have or else it's not a worthy investment, at least as, I mean, I don't know what the actual like data and numbers and the monetary aspect comes out to on that. Um, but as far as the people that are making the decisions, they want to have that long-term engagement or it's not worth keeping the game live. Yeah. Uh, and, and so those type of games, you know, they have, they have a shelf life. I mean, it's kind of scary now. Uh, if you want to invest in, I mean, all these games are set up to, to encourage you to spend money on them. And then, you know, it's kind of scary doing that because it's like, well, what if next month they tell me that this game is going to shut down, yeah. uh, you know, like multiverses or whatever. And then I, you know, put $50 into it and that's just, you know, I might as well drop that down the toilet. Uh, so it's kind of a dichotomy there really. Yeah, it, 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 the more this happens, the less and less opportunity, I think, naturally ends up for games like this because gamers are going to know where this could go. Read the tea leaves, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm hopeful that, hey, maybe this is a learning curve to where, because I, I think multiverses, right? When you make a game that's going to be free-to-play games as a service, you build your entire business case off of the monetization system. And then you also build your revenue, how much debt you go into as well off of that. So that's why they get to a point where they're like, hey, engagement isn't there cut it but if you just have a different business system like you were you were talking about hunt showdown like the fact yeah. that they they do charge up front for it like imagine if a game like multiverses had a, a entry fee right maybe it was ten dollars maybe it was twenty dollars perhaps yeah. it wouldn't have had such a high player base at the beginning that set all the records but it also might still be here as well and i just i wonder if at the hopefully that we we see a 
a slight adjustment to where the big players are able to succeed the way they're succeeding, like Destiny and Fortnite, but also games that want to go after a similar approach adjust more to a more of like a hybrid model to make it more sustainable for the developers and for the gamers as well. Well, on that note, we're even in an era where um, these sort of big, big companies are deciding that, you know, even for paid games where people, a lot of people have paid the buy-in and they are in your ecosystem, um, maybe aren't worth keeping the servers online. And so that contrasts with kind of the long-standing you know, precedent that we have, of like literally you can go play Modern Warfare 2. And I don't mean the one that came out a couple of years ago, or I guess a, just a year ago. That's wild. No, two years ago. Just two years ago, it feels like it was longer. But the the original one, you know, the one on Xbox 360, you can go play that right now on uh, on 360 or your uh, your newfangled Xbox with backwards compatibility. Though the servers are still online for that. But uh, you know, in other news, Sony is announcing that Gran Turismo Sport, which only came out in 2017, I guess that, that's kind of a while ago now. But again, that kind of goes against that precedent. They're going to be shutting down the servers for that. Uh, coming up soon here at the end of January, January 31st of next year. And this is only after one subsequent release, you know, Gran Turismo 7 is out now. So that's going to be the only way to play Gran Turismo online. Uh, they're, they're shutting this down and all of the online features, all of the lobbies and everything, they're not going to be available. So, you know, if you bought into this game uh, with, you know, with your $60, I guess at that time, and of course, if you if you paid any extra money for any sort of DLC content or anything, that's that's not going to be viable in terms of online play after January. Uh, and so, what 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 do you think of that? Like the the same thing could be said of like I think mm -hmm. a comparable example to this is Mortal Kombat One just came out, right? Like what yeah. if what if NetherRealm comes out and says, "Hey, everybody that uh, just bought our Ultimate Edition that we were blasting on sale for you know uh, ten nine ninety nine or whatever the 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 month leading up to the launch of." Mortal Kombat 1, we're actually, uh, now that we got all your money, we're going to take that game offline. We're going to take the servers down because uh, you can just uh, pay $60 or $70 for Mortal Kombat 1 instead. How do you feel about that? I, I think that's not a good trend if, if we start seeing more of that. Yeah, I, I hopefully, I'm hopeful we don't. I think there are specific examples we're seeing, um, and I'm one to believe perhaps it lines up with a company like Sony who maybe doesn't have the core core competency where they have just a bunch of bandwidth to do server maintenance and all that stuff. But that's why they're going in that direction. Because again, a server, you know, it, it's, there's, there's so many things of maintenance that you have to consider for, for the server, for the game online, for the net code. There's always someone trying to break and hack the game. So you have to be paying, you have to maintain things from that end. So um, there's definitely cost and effort, which is, you know, partially why I think it's kind of miraculous that all those old call of duty games are working so well. Right. Um, but it is this it's this cool kind of old trade off that I feel like gamers have been facing since we've gotten more to the digital marketplace and the always online marketplace, which is do I own it? You know, and, and if 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 we lost all of, you know, modern infrastructure today, but we still have power, could I plug my system in, turn my game on and could I play it? You know, and and I, I less think and that, less nowadays. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes. Yes, which is part of the reason why I buy a lot of physical on the Switch because I feel like that's that's going to be like you know if, if there's a meltdown in the, in the end times, yeah, yes, you can still play Mario thing. Wonder. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and so that's the thing is like I I think at a certain time I mean like so so these games like For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege, which both happen to be from Ubisoft, so maybe maybe there's sort of an ethos there at uh at that company, but 
you know, there's there's other companies that do this well, do this as well. You know, th- those might be from a bygone era in terms of these games coming out a long, long time ago and them keeping the servers up and running, even having new content yeah. for the game. It's, it's sort of wild. I think uh, For Honor is like on season eight or something now, or like season eight, year eight, season four or something. You know, it's like getting ridiculous at this point. Mm. Um, but a game like Multiverses, you know, it doesn't even last a year before they're like, yeah, we can keep the servers up and running and, and have a shop that sort of rotates or whatever. But they've determined that the 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 investment of capital to do that is just not worth doing, uh, which is is wild to me. You know, that's just, that's a that's a turn of events for sure. We're at a turning point now where these games are just not going to be, you know, they may just not be live anymore because the companies don't think it's worth keeping them up. Which personally, I'm I'm not mad at that, right? I think there are some okay. games that naturally should die. <laughs> no, 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 let me let me let me take a step back. Games you mentioned like Rainbow Six Siege, that's 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 meant to be a game on online with your friends, oh, yeah. right? Counter-Strike, yeah. all that. And I think there are examples of games like that that maybe have kind of gone away, but to some degree, you're still allowed to have your own server and host it and play games if you want, if you wanted to have your own server. But there are other games that have died very quickly, like Babylon's Fall right um that they they basically said like hey you can't play it if you put this game in and if you try to play it you know we'll come after you right because they have some legal <laughs> like, liability and that to me is kind of like all right square like because that was square i think right um th- that that to me is like that's not the way if you're going to have an always online game that does have yeah. to get shut down that's a well, new Square's game done that-, that before with uh final fantasy 11 right so yeah, yeah. so so that's that's the compromise it's like okay like naturally i get some of these games like an mmo that goes away how do you allow it so people who did invest in a lot in it want to see it kind of live on 20 years after the fact do you allow people to have that own server so like that's a problem that i think you could avoid a lot if you just you know not all games are always online and there are some like i'm saying there are some games that are meant to be that way halo right like you're gonna have such a core component of that game meant to be enjoyed that way but I do love just simple story-driven games. Like I, yeah. I can sit down and replay Castlevania Symphony of the Night every October, and I don't have to worry about that being online at all. So, um, it's... speaking of, speaking of October, let's get into it because there are a lot of games coming this October, and a lot of them aren't live service. A lot of them are you're just your good old-fashioned, uh, you know, uh, experiences that you're going to be able to sit down and have on your own. Uh, you have you have the list as do I, but uh, I I put I put Trephang two on here, which is like a military shooter, not really in the vein of what we're talking about, but sort of a as a uh, you know RIP Team Seventeen. Hope hope that game does well uh, because the people that worked on that maybe are sort of trying to find uh, jobs now, and so uh, yeah. you know shout out to them and, and and our thoughts are with them. But hopefully, what they worked on sees some some success as a small consolation. But then we're just we're getting right into it. Uh, three days from now is going to be Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I think is sort of it's flying under the radar a little bit. But I think a lot of people are going to dive into this because it is it's sort of the the tagline for this is that it's sort of going back to, you know, the, the old days of Assassin's Creed where you did just kind of have this this finite sort of mm-hmm. uh, consolidated experience. You just go through this story. And uh, they're going to tell a story with this character that is supposedly going to be very engaging. So I'm excited to see how people how people uh, take this and, and what the reviews are and such. Are you going to look at Mirage at all? 
I personally am going to kind of wait for that game to go on sale. And okay. that's because I, and I'm going to just be objective about that. Historically, I wasn't the craziest fan of the original model, but I get how longtime fans of Assassin's Creed were kind of, you know, a little upset when it switched to being such a more open action RPG game. I loved Odyssey and Origins, bounced off of Valhalla. So I, I get why they're switching back to this, and I'm excited for people who are fans of that formula. But just because it's not my natural bread and butter, I'm, I'm kind of going to wait till I can get it on a discount. But um, that, I, I think it's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, I think something, and it's not really occupying the zeitgeist, right? right. Like, I, I think it, it feels very skippable amidst all the sort of big bangers that we have out right now. I think even something like Lies of P is is really uh, collecting a little more of the mind share than, than Assassin's Creed Mirage is. So it'll be interesting to see after it drops if uh, if more people are talking about it. If it's good, I bet they will be. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be hard because there's a lot of games coming out. Detective Pikachu, uh, the sequel, is coming out the very next day. Uh, that just looks like more Detective Pikachu, honestly, which, I mean, I'm I'm here for that. Uh, I, I, I am. I mean, come on. It's, uh, I, I always love a talking Pikachu. That's amazing. NHL 24 for all my uh, my sports game fans out there. I, I love a good sports game. So I'll actually be doing a review for that on the What's New Video Games channel. Forza Motorsport. That's a big one for Xbox. That one has to land. I think a lot of people are excited for that. And I don't think that one's really in doubt. I think, uh, I think everybody thinks that Forza Motorsport is going to do well. Wildcard football also on October 10th. God, this is just a crazy first week, really. That's, uh, that, that's, that's like the a game by uh, Colin Kaepernick, right? Is that yeah, yeah. Saber Interactive. Yeah, yeah, it's like going for like, I think they're trying to get the NFL Street people in. It, that's yeah. not really what it is. Um, I might do a review for that game. But yeah, it's a little more. It's a little more like dinky. Uh, it's kind of like bobblehead football, kind of. Uh, it's it, more like a mutant football league, maybe okay. something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see if if that hits. I think there's an audience out there, but I bet that's one where people walk away from it and they're like, eh, "It's not NFL Street. I just kind of want EA to bring NFL Street back." Sure. I think at fo- arcade football is something I think that there's definitely opportunity for. So if Legend Bowl it- just came out over the summer, great yeah, were- game. Awesome. I watched your video on that. It, yeah. You got, you got whooped that first time. I got like- absolutely destroyed by the CPU. So <laughs> yeah, like I, I I miss the NFL blitzes. Like I'll send videos. Yeah, of man. NFL where are blitz. those games? Yeah. yeah. To my Whatever. nephew, who's now just getting in the mad. We're just stuff. old, you yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> when days. games were better, you yeah. Know? When you could Whatever. drop kick someone, you know, yeah. and, and no flag was thrown. Yeah, from the top rope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of speaking of being old, you know, uh, these these Hoyoverse games, they're doing really well. Honkai Star Rail is coming out on October 11th, just a day after Forza Motorsport and and wildcard football there's no breathing room for these games but this one's gonna make a big impact maybe a big genshin impact pun intended because people people really show up for these hoyoverse games and this one's dropping on ps5 on october 11th and it's gonna make waves it's something about these games the cosplay potential the sort of streaming potential of like oh am i gonna get this character uh they cannot be denied the popularity is just insane for these and i'm sure this is going to be a big drop on the PlayStation Five uh, on October 11th. Are, have you have you played any Genshin Impact or have you played any Honkai Star Rail? It's never appealed to me. Just I like I said, got, we're yeah. we're old man. Yeah. 
I I almost got into I'm like, because this was between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. When, when someone told me yeah. Genshin's kind of like a Breath of the Wild, I was like, hmm. But then I saw a lot of the mechanics in it, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna step away because if you give me a gotcha mechanic that gets me interested, I'm I'm hooked. I know my poison. So no, I um I stepped away from it. But yeah, I I, I think always I've heard about Honkai is people have loved it that have talked about it. So yeah, I, I think it's gonna be successful. Yeah, the 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 uh, the work to game audience, the, the and the Ginger Prime audience, they're probably gonna be diving into this one because this is like this is right up the alley of those the scratching that JRPG itch, especially with Honkai. Honkai Star Rail is turn based, so yeah. all, all those old. So you know, Joyful, I know you're like a, an old time Final Fantasy fan, so you know you might you might end up checking this one out. You might end up getting curious and and looking at it, uh, because yeah, it's it's sort of scratching that uh almost that Square Enix itch. Not yeah. that you know they don't give us enough games, Square Enix, uh, especially turn pace. But yeah, yeah, I I like going on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff and and seeing everybody get hyped for these. It's sort of like a vicarious enjoyment. Like it's like you know I, I'm glad I'm glad you people have something that you're excited about. I like to yeah. see that. I like to see joy, joy mm -hmm. in the in the game space. People people really enjoying something. So even though yeah. it's necessarily not for me, it's like it's really great to see people get really passionate about something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's it's one of those things where like, I might not play a game, but if I had the chance to work on the team that made that game, I'd love it. Right. Just so, so yeah. I'm happy. They're happy. Yeah. Uh, going forward just two days from that Lords of the Fallen coming out on October 13th. I just played all of lies of P I am on my second playthrough of that game. That game is amazing. That's going to be top five games of the year for me. It is awesome. Anybody that loves the From Software formula, uh, this game is right up there with all of the games that they have put out with Sekiro and with Bloodborne, uh, Lies of P. That game is fantastic, and it has really put me in the mood for this Lords of the Fallen game. I hope that they can sort of carry the mantle and keep up this trend of amazing Souls-likes that have, are sort of raising the bar. Because up to this point, you know, we, we've had The Surge, we've had Mortal Shell, Code Vein. These games are not really hitting that upper echelon of that people know of, like from software games. Your Elden Ring, your Sekiro, right? Uh, but Liza P sort of they they came, they saw that they brought it, and people are are recognizing that, especially in the sort of smaller Souls community. So if Lords of the Fallen can can make it two for two this year, that would be that would be sick, man. Yeah, everything about this game looks amazing to me so there's that part of me that's excited then there's always the part of me that's like i could be horribly disappointed who knows because <laughs> right? i know yeah the original the original one you know didn't really create any ground shaking appeal it seemed to be an average nukewarm received game but very generic feeling uh yeah. i personally like i got i platinum that game so i uh I, I i did really enjoy it but this one is like they're they're aiming higher and so it's like will they hit the mark or, or won't they yeah, the uh, the creative director, Caesar, I'm going to say Vertoso, said that he wants this game to be the second reference behind from software when you talk about a Soulsborne type game. He's like, oh, well, yeah, Liza P beat them to it. So they, they've got to, you know, they, they've got to match that energy. Uh, yeah. and, and hopefully they can. That would be amazing if in a year where from software did not put out a Souls game, they put out an Armor Core title. If we got two amazing sort of alternatives from other developers, I would love to see them do it. Yep. Uh, I, I'm actually in their creative program, so hopefully I'm going to get to take a bite out of that game before nice. it launches. I'm very excited, but I, I do hope that they're able to do it. I don't want to see them them flop yeah. with this game. Uh, I'd I'd love to see some other other developers in the space put out some great Souls likes. Then it's the ultimate showdown, Mark. It's the ultimate showdown between Sonic Superstars on October 17th 
and Super Mario Wonder on October 20th. It's been years in the making, and uh, Super Mario Wonder is probably going to sweep this one because that game looks amazing, right? You're going to be day one on that, I'm sure, as the Switch player that you are. Yeah, I I, I mean, that's that's a crazy weekend because I I basically have already told my wife, like, hey, honey, I love you, but we can't have plans for that weekend of October (laughs) 20th. Spider-Man 2 is on the same day as Super Mario Wonder. What what are they doing to us, Mark? What are we? How are we supposed to survive this? Uh, Yeah, I don't... I don't even know which one I'm gonna. October, I probably wonder because I yeah. haven't played. Uh, I have I played Miles Morales. I haven't played the first Spider-Man game yet, so I think okay. I think that sort of makes the decision for me is that I've got to got to check out this Mario game first. Definitely check. I mean, I would say play the first Spider-Man for sure. Yeah. It's worth it. That's a game that I'll be honest brought tears to my eye with the ending. So like, not a lot of stories can do that. And I was like, all right. And then I asked my brother-in-law. He's like, yeah, I cried too. So it's it's a good game. Miles Morales it innovated on combat very well, um, so yeah, I definitely would say check Heard it some out. Some quality but... of life stuff as well in Miles yes. Morales that, that yes. people are expecting to carry over to Spider Man too. But God, that that uh, that seamless load time, like switching between the characters and stuff, looks nice. That, that game looks like a, a technical marvel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sony... I, th- I think people are hyped for that game, and it's still going to surprise some people. That's like how good it looks. I agree. I think it's probably going to be received very well. But yeah, I mean, I I, I got to be full disclosure. I am both a full on Sonic nerd and Super Mario nerd. So like I I collected the Sonic comics as a kid. And like I said, I've been disappointed by a lot of 3D Sonic games, but I loved Mania. And the second I heard that this game, Superstars, is supposedly using the same physics engine as Mania. I'm just I'm, I'm anticipating it to be good at the very least. But Sonic's also one of those games where, you know, I love them, but a lot of times it's it's not necessarily a good game. It's just the Sonic game. And well, this one does, it seems to just be doing, they're just 3Difying the old Sega style, right? The yes. old Sega Genesis style. So I I, I mean, I, I think it'll be hard to have any issues with this one, but Agreed. yeah, it's unfortunate launch timing. I mean, it's on, rough. Be a little more strategic, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, but I mean, all these games, right? I mean, I guess it's just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, when are we going to delay to? Let's let's go ahead and get it out. Going through a little quicker here. We've got uh, City Skylines 2 uh, on the 24th of October. I know you're excited about about that one. Yeah, big time. Uh, time. Ghost Runner 2, October 26th, which I think there's a free demo out for that game right now. If you guys want to check it out. Um, Getting into November, Robocop Rogue City is November 2nd. Uh, just at the tail end of October, first couple days of November. That game, I'm excited for that game. Uh, it just Same. looks like something interesting and different from a smaller sort of outside developer, developer studio. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. But I think the big one at the tail end of October, right before Halloween, is going to be Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Uh, this game actually has sort of an outside chance for, for game of the year. I think this is going to be a big one. Uh, have, have, you, have you been paying attention to Alan Wake 2, Mark? Yeah, I've been paying attention to it. I went and played the first Alan Wake uh, after I played Control because I know you know connected and you know same developers. And this this team does great work. Whether it's atmosphere, whether it's gameplay, or just writing, they they know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for it. I I I'm gonna try it. I don't know if I'll try it at launch, but um, I agree that this is a game that a lot of people in the industry have high anticipation for and just just because it's on the radar so much that if it delivers i could easily see it being a contender for game of the year like you there's said. there's a lot of murmuring going around yeah. that this game is going to be doing something different it's not really articulating exactly what it is but after like experiencing control 
uh, I wouldn't put it past them to do something very, very innovative with with sort of the horror genre yeah. and just as, as a game that's coming out in 23, 23 in general. So I'm I might have to drop the 70 bucks on this. I'm not sure. It just depends on what's going on around that time. But yeah, it's right before Halloween, too. Uh, it's going to be a good, good, time. good time to play it. Yeah. Speak, speaking of uh, Halloween uh, there, if you don't want to drop, you know, your harder money on any of those games that are coming out because it's 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 difficult mark you know like with all these games that are coming out it's like yeah i want to play a lot of these but they're all 60 70 buy-in not yeah. everybody's got that right now like times are tight so mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for something to play that's a little more affordable on the playstation side alan wake remastered was one of the uh the, the playstation plus games that you could have claimed in july but i think it's on the on playstation extra as well Obviously, like that'll gear you up for Alan Wake too if you're gonna buy that. But still, in its own right, just, just a good game, Alan Wake. Uh, you yeah, you played Alan Wake. Like it's just, it's just up there in terms of the, the top tier of of sort of that <laughs> genre. Someone put this in my mind and I can't get it out of it. Think Luigi's Mansion, but with more mature themes because it's got that similar. <laughs> you got the flashlight to stun the enemy, and like I'm like, this is Luigi's Mansion with guns, which with, I'm all with for. Uh, Stephen King is the yeah. protagonist, basically. Pretty much Stephen King's Mansion. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and then uh, Callisto Protocol tomorrow, I think, is coming to uh, PS Plus as uh, one of your free games to to claim. I'm going to be playing that because I definitely didn't play it when it came out. I'm excited about that. People said it wasn't quite as good as the Dead Space remake, but I want to give it a shot. That's a that's a great one, I think, for the PS Plus sort of, you know, uh, a library of games that I, that I see that as like a good month. If they're they're offering me a game like that, that's like still kind of relevant, came out like last year. Um, yeah. so I'm probably going to jump into that. Yeah. And then yeah. Scorn is finally coming to PlayStation. If you're, if you don't have an Xbox and you just really, really wanted to play Scorn, uh, that is coming to PlayStation on October 3rd. I don't know if that's on PlayStation plus extra, but, uh, it is, it is going to finally be playable on PlayStation. That, that one's just kind of gross looking. Uh, yeah, that was one that I, <laughs> the gun I, with the lizard, the, the worm thing coming out of it or whatever phallic imagery everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciated doing something different with its yeah. aesthetic vibe, but I also think I don't know if I could enjoy it. So, um, but I, I thought it was going to be more of like a horror shooter, but what I've heard, it's more of more like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it kind of has like a Doom aesthetic with like a oh god, I don't even know, like maybe the Witness gameplay style or something like that. Very, 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 very different. On the Game Pass side, uh, if you haven't checked these out and you have Game Pass, Amnesia the Bunker, which only just released on June 26th. It's the next Amnesia game. You are, I can't remember if you're like a, a German or a French soldier, but you're like trapped in this underground World War II bunker and have to figure out uh, how to get out. And of course, you have Amnesia as is, you know, it's in the title. Uh, so you have to figure out, you know, what happened? Did I do terrible war crimes? Probably. Is it going to make me go insane? Probably, because that's what happens in these games. And there's a big bad monster kind of in the vein of like an alien isolation that is that is tracking you down. I'm going to be playing that one this October because I missed it. And this seems like I'm, I'm a Game Pass subscriber. This seems like a great time to jump into that one. Uh, did, you, did you check that out at all earlier in the year? Or is that one that you might be interested in? All the Amnesia games are on Game Pass, by the way. Yeah, no, that that probably won't be a game for me. There's there's <laughs> a. There's a weird like I, I don't know what it is. I can watch any type of scary movie and I'm fine, but there are certain not the games. games. There's certain like I could play Resident Evil, right? 
but I couldn't play Resident Evil 7 in VR. I'm like, I'm never going to touch that in VR. So there's just something about games that I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'm a coward. I didn't know this, but yeah, um, that might be something, again, I can appreciate from afar what it does, but I don't yeah. know if I want to put myself through that. Other other scary stuff for our audience on Game Pass, Ghostwire Tokyo. That one's a little more, it's not so much horror. Uh, yeah. That one's like more uh, sort of uh, thematic and, and like there's a vibrant color palette and it, it's getting into like some sort of edgy like horror themes but it seems to be more focused on like the gameplay yeah. uh sort of fast punchy stuff like the dishonored death loop type style from the same studio evil within one and two i really love those games for any of my uh resident evil fans out there if you if you like the resident evil remakes you know uh two three and four or if you like the uh you know the newer ones seven and village uh resident evil one and two are some i mean sorry evil within one and two are some really great games in that vein they're a little dated now but uh they're very good as far as stuff that you could play if you haven't played those yet they're on game pass as well and then um is is this sort of like the last hurrah for redfall mark if anybody's gonna play redfall it's gotta be in the spooky season this year right or 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 you're just never playing this game so i don't know if i'm gonna play it but I feel like this is the last time that anybody's ever going to touch Redfall. I think on Steam it had like nine concurrent players last right. week. <laughs> yeah, Rob. I I don't I don't know. I mean, it is definitely the right time of the year for probably people to go into it. Yeah. But this is also one of those things where Redfall. I think the development team Bethesda came out and said, "Hey, this isn't done. We're going to make this a good game." Which that could be a month from now, or that could be a year from now. I don't think that anybody particularly cares is the problem. I, I think you could say it's fixed now and, and it's really good game. And I think everybody's just gonna be like, okay, I'm going to play, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the next, you know, uh, I'm going to play final fantasy rebirth or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't really care anymore. So I, I, I think I they're agree. in trouble in that regard. I yeah. agree that people probably won't care, but on the other end of it, since this is a game pass game, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like it's it's not at risk of like Microsoft having to say, hey, we have to shut it down. Like that's not going to happen. So I do think it's almost Halo Infinite's different, obviously, because it's such a huge IP. But yeah. Halo Infinite's at this point now, years after the fact, it's really kind of starting to get some good momentum. And I think that could happen with something like Redfall if they do put a lot of work into it, you know. Not saying it's going to, but there's there's that opportunity with a Redfall being the given given the business model it's built upon with Game Pass. And then obviously rounding out Game Pass, Lies of P. I, I can't rave about it enough. Go check it out. Uh, if if you're afraid of like playing harder games, they just patched it to make it easier, so it it should be a little bit more approachable. Uh, the the story uh, delivery in terms of like the Pinocchio story, really good actually. Like it's not as obtuse as as like a Bloodborne or something like that. Um, so if somebody is looking for sort of a, a narrative here, it's it's here. It's in the game. I think this game has a lot of appeal for a lot of people. It's just a good game. It's, just, it's great to see just a well-made game come out. We've had a couple of those this year with Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom. It's always so refreshing, right? When this game's just made well, feature complete on launch. We love to see that, right? Yeah, makes me happy. <laughs> just a little warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the newer stuff for, for Spooky Season, Resident Evil 4 obviously came out this year. I mean... What, what do we need to say about Resident Evil 4? One of the best games ever made. The remake is a great polished word, version way to experience that game. And they just had the Ada Wong uh, Separate Ways DLC come out. That's a that's a full package now. I haven't played it yet. I'm definitely diving into that this October, man. It's, it's going to be a great experience. Ta Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
great game for sort of the people that like the the dead by daylight type stuff out there or if you just love you know horror franchises um they took definitely they took the asymmetrical horror multiplayer formula and evolved it a little bit from dead by daylight where instead of just kind of doing menial tasks you're really like you're picking locks and you're you're trying to escape you're you're literally running down you know the long road as leatherface is chasing you trying you know uh uh panting you know out of breath trying to escape it feels more like you're you're taking an active role in that game so that one's really fun and the last one is uh ad infinitum ad infinitum infinitum I struggle with that too yeah i don't know I'm not but it, it came out on september 14th and and that one is sort of like the a lot of developers tried to go out and make their own pt and this is mm-hmm. sort of one of those uh, from us from a smaller studio so uh, that may be one to check out. Those three, if, you, if you're looking for for newer games, if you if you kind of you're like I've already played all that stuff you already talked about, check those out. And of course, Lies of P. But that is sort of gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, we're we're coming up to the top of the hour. Wanted to give you guys some great games to play for spooky season. But uh, Mark, I know you got to jump out here, so go ahead and, and plug yourself, man. You got some great content going on over uh, in the in the Joe Arcade. Let me know what's going on there, man. Hey, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, you can find me at Joyful's Arcade over on YouTube. I do do some live streaming, uh, but it's more or less focused on YouTube right now. So I typically cover a lot of gaming news, you know, cover all the platforms I can. I, I, I'm i I'm a gaming enthusiast in general, and I try to bring my perspective of indie development as well into that conversation as well. So I have a, an indie dev team I'm a part of, Devour Games. We've released some software on the Switch we've actually exhibited at E3 back when it was still around in 2019. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, I just try to celebrate games and, you know, passionate about a handful of specific genres too, but there's typically two videos every week or so I'm at right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good time. And you guys can find me obviously on Epic Loot Radio here every other week with our very own Ginger Prime, but also I have my own channel called What's New Video Games, where I do a lot of uh, video game coverage, uh, particularly reviews. I think I'm going to have some reviews for NHL 24 and wildcard football coming up in the next week. So a little more sports oriented than than usual. That's that's kind of been a theme this year, I guess. I guess people like to give me access to sports games for some reason. But then hopefully I am getting my hands on Lords of the Fallen early because, like I said, I really, really enjoyed Liza P. So I am looking forward to this Lords of Fallen game and planning on doing some early content for that if I can. And uh, yeah, definitely going to have a review for that game. So come check out the channel. We've almost got 2,000 subscribers. I'd love if if you guys could add to that count. We could get there to 2,000. And uh, obviously, if you guys just want to hang out and work the game, I'll see you here every other week. But that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate everybody who came out and and, and watched and and had a good time with us. We're going to sign off now. But thanks so much. And we will see you again two weeks from now. Watch this space. Until then, take care, everybody. Epic Radio.